The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Good morning, Springs Church. Welcome to the first Sunday of Advent. This is always a special season every year. It's the season when the church recognizes that Jesus has come. He has arrived in the Incarnation And so we celebrate that. And yet it's also a season of hope, a season of anticipating Jesus' arrival in the second coming. And that's what we're focused on this morning, celebrating the coming of Jesus and also anticipating in hope his arrival at the end of all things when God comes to renew all things. And so we're going to focus this morning on that theme in Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather the elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, This generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware. Keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep watch, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for your word, for your good news, and the good news of Advent. We give you thanks for the fact that you have come to us. We thank you for your presence in the spirit of Jesus Christ. And I ask that you would give me the gift of preaching and that that spirit would open up our hearts and ears and eyes to your glory and truth and hope. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, amen. I almost didn't make the move to Oklahoma. I don't mean that I was considering living somewhere else. I mean I almost didn't survive the move to Oklahoma. It was August of 2008, and I was headed down to Edmond from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to go to my first semester at Oklahoma Christian. And my sister was coming down for her final semester 
And my parents were also coming with us. So three Vanderzee cars lined up, my sister in one, me in another, and my parents in one. And we headed on down the nine-hour trek. The only problem was I was an 18-year-old guy. And I had been on some road trips, but I had never really driven a long road trip. And so this was unfamiliar territory for me. I didn't know what to expect, but what happened was I got sleepy. I got so sleepy that for a second I really did fall asleep at the wheel, so much that the wheels of my side of the car kind of jostled onto the side of the road enough to wake me up and get back on into the road, which stopped the whole family caravan and rearranged everybody so I was no longer driving and 15 years of successful road trips later, I'm just starting to live that down with my dad. <laughs> I almost didn't make the move to Oklahoma because sleep at the wrong time is a very dangerous thing. Sleep at an inappropriate hour is a very bad thing. Right? If it's the last night of church camp in the middle school boys' cabin, you don't want to be the first one asleep. Very dangerous. Advent is the time of year where we are reminded to wake up where we are reminded to stay awake. Advent, in a sense, is the church's alarm clock. It's how we tell time. Advent tells us it's time to stay awake because Jesus is coming. And if we fall asleep on the return of Jesus, if we fall asleep to the arrival of Jesus, that's the whole ballgame, right? If we forget that, we've lost the thread. Because if Jesus isn't coming, then he's not risen. And Paul says if he's not risen, we're still in our sins. But Jesus is risen. He is ascended. He is coming. So we've got to stay awake to his return. We've got to stay awake to the arrival of Jesus. And that's what Advent tells us. That's what Mark 13 tells us. We've got to stay awake. It's not that it's morning and that we need to wake up. It's actually we need to stay awake and it's night. It's the long night between Jesus' ascension and his return to make all things new. A night in which we experience the brokenness and sorrow of this world that has received the kingdom already, but not yet. It has come, but it is coming. Right now it's night. And we've got to stay awake for Jesus to return. That's what he says in verse 35. He says, therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cock crow or at dawn. All right, these are the four watches of the night in the Roman world. That's how they divided up the night. There's the evening watch, which is from 6 to 9 p.m. And then there's midnight, which is from nine to midnight. Then there's cock crow, which is midnight to 3 a.m. And finally there's dawn from three to 6 a.m. And what this signifies is we don't know when it's coming. The night is the time of unpredictability. 
It's the time of the unknown. We know Jesus is coming, that's certain, but we don't know the hour. We don't know when it's happening. Night is a time of vulnerability and unknown. In fact, there's a a guy, Roger Eckert, who's written a history of night in ages past, and he says this, he says, it would be difficult to exaggerate the suspicion and insecurity bred by darkness. Or unless the power grid goes down, most of us get to live in the buzzing brightness of our electrified homes. But imagine nighttime 200 years ago. Imagine nighttime 2,000 years ago. Imagine nighttime in the jungle or in the Judean wilderness. Nighttime was a time of deep vulnerability and unpredictability for our ancestors. A time of the unknown. A time of sorrow and suffering even. But in Mark 13, Jesus says, stay awake, keep watch, because I'm coming. Now if you didn't discern all of that from the first read through of Mark 13, you can be forgiven because it's a strange text, right? This is a hard passage to interpret. It's got this apocalyptic language going on. It's kind of like revelation. There's all this wild imagery happening. Right? It's really hard to discern what's going on, especially because Jesus seems to be talking about several different things. He's talking about general features of the last days. He's talking about his return at the end of all things, but he's also talking about the destruction of the Jerusalem temple, which happens in 70 AD. So Jesus is predic- predicting this destruction. So it's hard to suss out exactly what he's talking about, but I want to just focus on the last chunk where he's talking about the second coming. He says, beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch, therefore keep awake for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Have you ever needed to stay awake and it felt like every force was arrayed against you staying awake? Right, The setting was too cozy, the lights were too dim, your belly was too full, the preacher was too boring. You gotta stay awake. (laughs) Gotta stay awake, but you can't, right? Everything is arrayed against you doing that. There's actually an episode of the TV show Seinfeld where George Costanza becomes fixated on this security guard in a department store who has to stand all day for his shift. He becomes so fixated and obsessed with that that he brings the security guard a chair to sit in. And the last scene of the episode is that department store being robbed with the guard asleep in the chair. Everything seems to be arrayed 
for us to fall asleep to the reality of Jesus. There are forces at work around us and in us and that we contribute to that cause us to fall asleep to the reality of Jesus and to the coming of Jesus, right? For one, one of them's in our pockets right now, right? Our devices keep us distracted, don't they? We live in this world saturated by screens and they can do plenty of good, but they can also sedate us. They can tranquilize us to the reality of God. They can tranquilize us to, keep, it keeps us from keeping the most important thing the most important thing, right? We get distracted. Maybe you've seen some of the ways that it's been depicted in cartoons. You know, the guy who's got the dog cone on his head. He's just trying to keep from looking at his phone every two seconds and then there's, you know, we, we take pictures of the things that we're looking at and then we look at the picture instead of the thing we're looking at. All right, our phones, our devices, they keep us distracted from what's truly important. They keep us sedate. Another thing that makes it hard to stay awake is our daydreams. Our daydreams keep us delusional. And it may not be that we're actually asleep, but when we're distracted, we're not focused. And when we're daydreaming, we're not focused on the most important thing. We daydream about ourselves, right? We turn in on our desires and our designs. And it pulls us away from the reality of God and what he wants to do in the world through us and the reality that Jesus is coming. It sedates us, even if we think we're awake. There's another TV character named Walter White in a show called Breaking Bad. And if you've heard of that show, it's this high school chemistry professor who transforms into a vile person, right? Who makes all these terrible decisions and goes down this awful path. And you, as you watch the show, you see how deluded he is. His delusions of thinking that he's doing these things for his family or thinking that he's doing these things and he's justified in it. And yet he thinks that he's actually alive to the truth. Right? He thinks that he's actually waking up for the very first time. And in the first episode when he's explaining why he's doing this and his state of mind, he says, I am awake even though he is turning in that moment from the reality of what's good. He's turning from the true and the good and the beautiful, and even though it feels like he's awake, he's fallen asleep. His daydreams have deluded him. The third thing that keeps us from staying awake is darkness. Darkness keeps us down makes us tired. Even our our best laid plans, they get derailed by suffering. They get thrown off by sin and by the sorrows that invade our lives because it's night and night is a time of vulnerability. Night is a time of sadness. Tish Harrison Warren has a book called Prayer in the Night. And there's a chapter in that book about watching. It's called For Those Who Watch. 
And she tells the story of the darkest night of her life. Not the worst night of her life, the literal, visually darkest night she'd ever experienced. She was out in a village in Uganda, and she was leaving a missionary's house with some friends. They were headed back to where they were staying. And usually there were these little campfires lit in this remote area that people would gather around, and that's what kept things lit. There were no campfires. There were no stars. There was no moon. It was pitch black, the proverbial hand in front of the face. You can't see it. All they had was a little lantern that was giving off just a few feet of light. So they make it back, and they wake up the next morning, and they find out that there had been guerrilla warfare happening right near the border that had spilled over very close to where they had been walking, very close to where they were. That's why the campfires were out. Everybody else was sheltering inside their houses while they were out with their little lantern light. In the vulnerability and the unknown of the night, And she writes, we continue to watch and wait, knowing that the moment we can see this small circle of lantern light is not the whole road, not the whole story. We struggle to stay awake to the coming of Jesus. We struggle to keep watch, to be alert for Jesus' return. But whatever moment we are in, whatever sorrow or struggle we are in right now, it's not the end of the road. It's not the end of the story. Even if this is the only little spot that we can see, Jesus is coming and he will renew all things and we have to stay awake to that, even in the darkness. And I don't think God has left us alone I think God has given us resources for staying awake. So as we wind down Mark 13 this morning, I just want to look at three resources that God has given us to stay awake to the reality of Jesus even in the darkness. That first resource is this. It's our purpose. All right, our ability to act is greatly increased when we feel close to our purpose, when we feel our purpose viscerally, right? We have more motivation to stay awake when we know what that purpose is, right? It's the difference between just taking a jog because we're trying to stay healthy, which is a good purpose, and running because you see that someone's life is in imminent danger, Right? One of them's a good purpose. The other one is really going to light a fire under your feet. Right? The, the deeper our purpose, the closer we are to it, and the more clearly we see it, the easier it is to act according to it. And we know, because of Advent, that our purpose is to stay awake for Jesus. Right? We know that our purpose is not for ourselves, but it is for God. Right, you might, maybe some of you have read Rick Warren's mega bestseller, The Purpose Driven Life. And I'll never forget the first sentence of that book, The, the Purpose Driven Life. The first sentence, it's not about you. When we let our purpose turn in on ourselves, we lose sight of it. We get drowsy. 
we fall asleep. But God has given us a purpose in Christ to keep us awake for his coming. The second resource that God has given us to stay awake to the arrival of Jesus is our prayer. In the chapter right after Mark 13, in Mark 14, Jesus' closest friends famously fall asleep on him. They're in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is about to be arrested and says he came and found them sleeping and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus couples wakefulness with prayer. Right? Prayer is one of the ingredients of staying awake to the reality of God in the world. Staying awake to the coming of Jesus. Prayer opens us up to see that. It allows us to fix our eyes on God even in the darkness. Right? We have a word for prayer in the late hours when the need for prayer is so pressing we, we hold a vigil. Right? Vigil has roots in the Latin that just mean awake or watch, right? And it is vigil that keeps us vigilant. Prayer, Tish Warren writes later. She says, just as our pupils dilate to let in more light, to see more than we first thought we could, prayer adjusts our eyes to see God in the darkness. Prayer allows us to see and expect the arrival of Jesus even when it's not clear. Prayer opens our eyes. It lets light in. It allows us to expect Jesus' coming and that allows us to see Jesus even right now. Right? We expect Jesus in the hereafter and that allows us to see Jesus here now. In other words, we stay alive to the work of Jesus when we hope for the arrival of Jesus. This is not just about unplugging and just hoping for some escape at the end, right? This is about digging deep into God's reality in the world, and we're able to see that when we're looking for God. We're able to see Jesus right now when we keep our eyes open for his coming, right? And Jesus says In Matthew 25, with the sheep and the goats, right? He's judging between them. The sheep have seen him and served him and fed him and clothed him. But to the goats, Jesus, it says that they'll answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. They weren't looking for Jesus, so they didn't find him. They weren't expecting Jesus, so they didn't see him. They didn't serve him in their midst. Prayer keeps our eyes open, not only to Jesus' second coming, but to his presence with us right now as the least of these, as the stranger, and as the face of our brother and sister. Finally, God has given us something else to keep us awake for his coming, and that is our portion. 
which is right here at the tables. God has given us the bread and he's given us the cup because if you wanna stay awake, you've gotta have sustenance. You've gotta have food. You've gotta have a meal, something to give you energy, something to lift your spirits, something to bind you together around the table with the people who are keeping watch, with the people who are hoping for Jesus, the people who are looking for Jesus, who are praying for Jesus, and the people who know the purpose that God has given us in the crucified and risen Jesus who has come to us in his birth and is coming to renew all things. It's at the tables that we receive our portion. Springs Church, if you need prayer, there are people in room 113 to pray with you if you need to confess. But right now, we have the bread and the cup to keep us awake and keep us alive to the work of Jesus right now and the coming of Jesus when he comes to renew all things. Let us stay alive to the work of Jesus and keep watch together in hope by coming to the tables right now.